Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one by one, and we will be spoiling our current episode, Amends in this case, um, and we will also be referencing past episodes, and this episode does a lot of that, mm-hmm. um, And uh, but we will be spoiler-free for further on down the series. I'm Jason, and I'm very glad that I can't invade Harrison's dreams because I don't want to get in the middle of whatever he and James Marsden are doing. Hi. And I'm Harrison, and I'm often doing things with James Marsden in in my dreams. Uh, (laughs) Although, actually, Jason, you were in a dream that I had last night. Oh, really? Yes. Do you want to elaborate? Uh, uh, Yeah, I'll just be really brief. It was actually an incredibly stressful dream. Um, oh good I'm we glad were, that's what I bring out in you <laughs> we were revamping uh, the production uh, uh, of Legally Blonde that we were in uh, so for the listeners <laughs> Jason and I were once in a production of Legally Blonde Jason was Emmett and uh, continuing my trend in my early to mid 20s I was of course cast as a sexual predator and played Professor Callahan um, so for those of you who like don't know the character names because you haven't watched Legally Blonde as much as you should have, go watch I Legally was, Blonde, bitches. <laughs> I was uh, Luke Wilson's character. Harrison was Victor Garber's character. Yes, and um, to, but in my dream, like we did this with like no preparation, and um, like it was very stressful because I like didn't actually. Oz has a line in this episode where he talks about like that dream where you're in a play and you don't know your lines. And I was like, fuck, yeah. that was my dream last night. I like, I couldn't remember all my lines. <laughs> and there was a scene like the big, uh, the, one of the courtroom scenes in act two, I remember getting really mad because you and Chelsea who played L in our version were like deliberately saying the wrong lines to like, fuck me up. <laughs> that sounds like something we do. <laughs> and it was just like, and like, it was just, it was a really very stressful dream and then, and it was just such a mess. It was such a mess that the audience like came on stage during the per, like performance and started striking the set while we were still doing the show. Hey, yeah. I like striking the set can be like a pain sometimes. So if the audience wants to do it, all power to them. They should wait till after the curtain. Uh, uh, so anyway, um, Jason, even though you've already said it, what episode are we watching today? Uh, yeah, as I said before, we are watching season three, episode ten, Amends. This is the one where a blast from the past comes back to rock Sunnydale at Christmas time, or should I say, Jingle Bell Rock Sunnydale at Christmas time? Uh, and that blast, and that blast from the past is Willie the Snitch, <laughs> and also Jenny Calendar, <laughs> and also her. Uh, Amends was uh, written and directed by Joss Whedon and originally aired on December 15th, 1998. So you know it's important. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And this would have been, this was their, uh, I believe, I'm going to fact check myself while I'm saying this, uh, their mid-season finale. Before mid-season finales were really like a thing. Um, Yeah, it was, the next episode was a month later in January, so... There you go. Well, you gotta like you gotta watch the Buffy Christmas episode and then have yourself a merry little Christmas. I do watch. I mean, it, is, it feels a little weird watching this in 
um, in June because I actually do watch this episode like on Christmas Day. It's one of my really. It's one of my usual Christmas Day watches, and every time John is like, "Why are you watching this? It's so dark. It's so like there's like." suicide and shit like that and i'm like but it's christmas (laughs) (laughs) uh there's suicide and it's a wonderful life nobody gives that movie shit for it exactly (laughs) listen christmas is a dark time uh you know what's not dark though our intro music Jason, you and I are so good at dancing to nothing while we leave a pause for our intro music to be <laughs> edited in later. <laughs> All right, Jason, tell me what you're drinking. Um, I am drinking, uh, I'm going back to the wine that I had a couple episodes ago, um, nice. the Kentucky Crimson Cabernet. Uh, Very nice. Turns out that when it's just you drinking the wine, the bottle lasts longer. I do not have that same experience. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are you drinking, Harrison? I am drinking. So as I mentioned, Jason, uh, when I texted you yesterday, um, I am drinking a a new drink that uh, John found the recipe for yesterday. Um, His John's parents uh, drove up to deliver us a um, a grill that they bought for John for his birthday. Um, so we had some cocktails and grilled some food and John made this cocktail for, um, cause he likes finding new and interesting cocktails when his parents come to visit. Um, his parents also brought me for my birthday, um, which isn't for j- till July, but they brought me a dinosaur alphabet blanket, hmm. um, which I texted a picture of to Jason. Like as soon as they left, I was like, oh my God. Um, if you want to see that, it's on my Instagram. Uh, but this is called a cherry godfather. Um, hmm. It is uh, bourbon, uh, amaretto, and a uh, a simple syrup that uh, John actually made uh, from fresh cherries. Um, oh, okay. It's very good. Um, you also um, it was he made the syrup from cherries and orange peels actually, so it's like kind of mixy there. Um, and you can garnish it with a, a cherry. I, I chose not to in this instance, just because, um, I don't eat. You didn't want to drink it and accidentally choke on the cherry. Um, so yeah, so that is my cherry godfather. Um, so very nice. Thank you. Jason, will you lead us in a toast, please? Um, here's to, uh. Not the Christmas spirit right now, because the last thing we need to do is be giving people things. (laughs) Cheers to not that. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) He caught me on the fly. I I spent too much of my time uh, practicing that James Marsters line. (laughs) (laughs) James Marsden? Mm. See, this is why I practiced. (laughs) But listen, I wouldn't kick James Marsters out of bed either. Uh, I'd be like... If you, I, I all of a sudden just like pictured you with like both of them and you were like, oh, James. And they're like, which one? Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, James Marsters still looking fine as hell. Like, uh, yeah. he was looking real good on run- Marvel's Runaways. Um, like, yeah, I wouldn't say no. 
I um, I'm trying to remember. I believe I met him in 2013. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he 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 is aged very well, and it doesn't surprise me that he's still aging very well. Yeah. So it is weird seeing him without like the platinum blonde hair. Like yeah, that, I kind of like I think Torchwood kind of like broke that spell for me. So yeah, um, now I'm like okay, you could do pretty much anything. <laughs> One thing I have not seen him in is uh is the Dragon Ball movie because I've been told explicitly never to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I've been told the same. So that sounds like something I'm going to like find on DVD for two dollars, buy and then like drink myself silly while I watch it very good i'm into that uh, but uh let's see let's start off with uh this episode um yes we open up in the jolly streets of ireland mm-hmm. and, and you uh, know what that up... means angel's terrible irish accent yes <laughs> oh man um yeah this guy's basically being chased um you know, typical opening to a Buffy mm-hmm. episode, like somebody's being chased by a vampire. But in this case, it is a mustachioed, Irish-accented <laughs> uh, Angelus. <laughs> yep. Oh, that mustache, it does not work. No, but it is not the worst hair mistake made in this episode, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, and this guy whose name is Daniel, um, he's basically like saying... Uh, like, please don't kill me or whatever. And Angel, so Angel says like something along the lines of like, oh, when you're a card player, you either need to have a lot of a lot of smarts or a lot of money, and you yeah. didn't have either. So, pay your debts. But hey, it's Christmas, so be a good cheer. <laughs> Ow, chomp. Uh, goodbye, Daniel. Uh, for now. Um, and uh, yeah, after this, Angel wakes up from his uh, Christmas nightmare. Um, uh, I, I do want to note that, of course, we hear that old standard of uh, Paco Bell's canon uh, in, the, in that flashback. That's how you know it's Christmas. Yep. <laughs> um, Paco Bell's canon, indeed. Gotta love it. <laughs> um, he begins wandering the streets of Sunnydale, uh, and he runs into Buffy. And this is, it seems, their first interaction since the end of... Uh, Lover's Walk. Um, Lover's Walk, yeah. Because Angel doesn't... The real Angel doesn't appear in The Wish. We only see him in the uh, the Wishverse. Um, um, also an important thing to note is that uh, I believe they walk by a um, TV that says that the uh, the weather is going to basically just be hot, like, hot, hot, hot. Yeah. So even though Christmas is right around the corner, it is blazing hot in uh, in California and in Sunnydale, which doesn't really strike me as that much of a surprise um, yeah it's southern california mm-hmm. so um and sunnydale is um uh, smarter nerds than me have actually worked this out and Sun- sunnydale is set um basically where santa barbara is in uh, okay. in california um, how far away is that from san diego I f- fuck if I know, man. <laughs> I feel like I have like a general idea and very general. It's like San Diego is like South California. Um, L.A. is north of that. San Francisco's north of that. And then the rest is just wine country. <laughs> um, San Francisco's the the gay town by the bay. Nah. Um, so here 
is where I need to talk about uh, this war crime that Buffy commits. <laughs> it's her bangs. Yeah, it was like it was they're, so weird from what she had the last episode. They are yeah, right? Yeah, it's it, it's awful. They're like these weird like chunky like weirdly thin but it, like they I don't know. I can't describe them other than than a crime against humanity. And listen, everyone talks shit about Courtney Cox's bangs in Scream 3 and with good reason. <laughs> but uh, these are so much worse. Talk of, how many people make that like specific reference? Listen, in the circles I'm in. All right, I was about to say, like, <laughs> is this just you? No, this is very. This is very much like a horror, um, like the horror fan community, um, especially okay. gay horror fans. Um, okay. And I'm in a lot of like queer horror fan groups and stuff, and follow a lot of that. So. Um, uh, but yeah, they, these bangs are just so terrible. Just so terrible. Um, th- they're so terrible. I have nothing <laughs> else to say other than they, they are so terrible. Um, but yeah, uh, so let's move on from the terrible <laughs> bangs. Um, no, I will not! <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like we need a whole other episode just for this. Um, I'm just going to say but- what hairstylist did Sarah Michelle Geller piss off that week of shooting? <laughs> anyway. Oh, uh, but um uh Angel, like they have like the awkward exchange, Buffy's shopping for gifts. She's like, Oh, are you out shopping for gifts? Probably not, because you're a vampire. <laughs> um and uh but like uh Angel like looks up and sees Daniel um right behind Buffy, and uh obviously that's that's disturbing because you know yeah. Daniel's dead. Spooky ooky. Um, but yeah, uh, so then that leads into the intro music, which I noticed this week. I don't know if this has been going on like all season. I feel like it has to have been, but um, we made the comment at the beginning of season three that they finally got rid of the sound effects during the opening, but that's <laughs> not true. There's one sound effect left, and it's like when it's showing off Giles. Um, brandishing like the torch towards uh, Angelus. Okay. It is has there like the, a whoosh or something? It has like the fire. Yeah, okay. there's a whoosh for the fire. But you know what? I'm okay with that. I. It's not. It's not like the. It's not like Amy's mom <laughs> screaming and shit like that. Um, yeah. So I, I, I can let it slide. It really. I mean, it's taken really us ten episodes to, to notice. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, shit. but I just like I just heard that. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Speaking of being this being episode ten, I meant to say this at the top of the episode. But Jason, it's your one season anniversary of of oh, co-hosting. Really? You joined in episode Yay. ten of season two. So uh, happy <laughs> one season anniversary! And um, I actually saw on my Facebook memories that uh, like I feel like it was. Um, I feel like it popped up recently that, like, uh, obviously not too recently, but uh, <laughs> that you guys, uh, that you and Tyler started this, um, I think, like, was that... It would have been about no a year ago. Been... It would? Okay. It would have been one year ago, yeah, because it was in June right. that we launched the first episode. Um, yeah, so, so happy, um, one year happy anniversary, Booze and Buffy. Yay. Um... Uh, things that are not happy, though, are the Scooby gang in general. <laughs> um, so I just want to say, I um, 
watching this, I was like, oh, it must be like the beginning of Christmas break. And it reminded me of how um, we had exams uh, right before Christmas break. Mm-hmm. And I, I get that you have to have exams at the end of the year. I hate that you have to have exams before Christmas. Yeah. I hate it. And I and it made me just realize, you know what? I have a job that I can just do at home or do at work, and then I can go home and not think about my job. And it is the most <laughs> wonderful thing. Like I was in yep. I was in school for a while and just the idea of doing homework now sucks. Like <laughs> it's the worst. I, I hate it. I don't want to think about it. I am, I feel that, I feel that in my heart, and it's one of those things that I am like, uh, because I'm, you know, I'm considering grad school, um, of course, he says, having been considering grad school for the last five years without actually committing to it, but, uh, yeah, no, I feel that, I feel that, um, Buffy, uh, Phil's angel, uh, Phil's, um, Xander and Willow in about her encounter with Angel and uh, they they also talk about their their holiday plans Um, Xander talks about how he's going to uh, camp outside Um, which he does every year yeah and he makes up an excuse for why he does it and then Cordelia immediately because she's nearby like like kind of eavesdropping just goes Oh, I thought you camped outside to avoid your family's drunken Christmas fights. Um, so I want to touch on this just real quick because um, this brief exchange I think is really important. Um, we've had hints that Xander's home life is not the best, um, but this is the first very like explicit mention of it, um, and. I will say I'm not obviously the biggest Xander fan, but I think I, I think it's it's pretty shitty of Cordelia to uh, to just announce this to a room full of people, and he even says like that's something I wanted kept private. Um, yeah, and like it's, I feel like that should be it should be an unwritten rule in general. Like mm-hmm. you, unless like the your ex did something to you. Mm-hmm. Um, something that like you don't agree with, um, unless like that's the case, in which case you should tell somebody that because yeah. that's like that that's bad news bears. But like right. when you see something from your ex, like from your partner's home life, and then you become exes, then uh, you you should keep that like in confidentiality. Yeah, because like that's it's. Obviously, it's not something they would share, and mm. you have no right to share it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but, um, I, you know, and but I get it. I mean, I don't I don't agree with it, but I also understand Cordy's still pissed, and um, so she's just, she's going for the jugular where she can. Um, I do have to say, though, you know what? Xander is not terrible in this episode. He makes one shitty remark when they're at their lockers about Angel, but then later um, is, yeah, is all about helping Buffy. Um, and even like... Which, da- I mean, kind of goes with amends. Like, yeah. I think, um, I think like uh, when, and obviously we'll get to this later, but like I think that when um, 
Xander sees how worried Buffy is. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, you know, I've been, like, really shitty about everything Angel involved. Um, he's also one of the reasons that Angel died in the first place. So, at the end mm-hmm. of season two. <laughs> um, yep. So, the fact that, like, he wants to, like, if, if for nothing else, like, help him to help Buffy... It yeah. shows that he's like maturing a little bit. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna commit to this completely, but I do think moving forward, you know, Xander and Angel aren't the bestest of buddies, but I do think we, the the vitriol from Xander, Ari, Angel, is toned down considerably. Um, and maybe, I, and I you know, respect the, I, I reserve the right to be wrong about that, but and you know that actually, like, I, I can see that being the case because it, uh. Because, like, I, I think maybe after what he did to Cordelia, Xander's kind of, like, taking some time to look and see, like, oh, wow, maybe I wasn't the greatest of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Cordelia isn't necessarily being the greatest people in this scene, but, I mean... She is Xander, the wronged party. Like... Yeah, yeah. Xander is, like... Xander has not been the paragon of virtue that yeah. he might have originally thought in his head. Yeah, um, agreed. Um, also, like uh, a lot of people are, uh, a lot of people are uh, keep asking Willow what her Christmas plans are. And she's just like being Jewish. Hanukkah. Yeah, being Jewish. <laughs> I love how she says like not everybody worships Santa. And it's a great line. It, it is in like eerily accurate because I mean, I'm, I, I got to be really careful when I say this. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying that. Uh, Every single Christian in the world uh, puts the material part of Christmas above what is supposed to be, like, the main Christian idea of Christmas, which is celebrating mm-hmm. the birth of Christ. But um, I feel like it happens quite a bit. Yes. Um, this is why I love not being a religious person. I can just, I can wholeheartedly just love the presence part, the getting presence part specifically of Christmas. <laughs> Um, without having to feel like a hypocrite. Fuck it. I want the presents. Give me presents. I love that uh, Harrison can be true to himself. I, um, I listen, I have never been anything but me. Except for that but, one uh, week. Yeah. Uh, but, um, <laughs> Willow, uh, Willow looks up and sees Oz there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Oz asks if he can talk to Willow alone. And when they're in a classroom, um, Oz, uh, once again, being extremely emotionally mature, uh, yeah. more than anybody else in, yep. in, in high school in this, in this episode, he is, um, he's saying that, uh, he doesn't want to, um, like he never felt the way that he felt when he saw Xander and Willow mm-hmm. together. And, uh, but he also, he also misses her. Yeah. And he wants to he wants to try again. And I think that's um I think that is a healthy thing to do. Uh, yeah. Yeah, just just in general. Like everybody's been on well, I don't know about everybody, but I specifically have been on uh, <laughs> the side of like, oh, I just um I just got out of this relationship. You know what? I should go back. Um but uh it was not a good idea. Mm-hmm. But, um, the, uh, but yeah, I think it works in this case. It doesn't work in every case, but it works in this yeah. case. I, I do, I think, I feel this is realistic. Um, Oz and, uh, Oz and Willow reuniting. 
Uh, it feels true to both characters. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Cordelia, Cordelia and Xander's relationship being irreparably damaged um, by this incident feels true to those two characters. Um, yeah. And like, I will say... They were, I, they were such a volatile combination. Like, yeah. when they worked, they worked, but they were also, like, two... I mean, remember how that relationship started out of, mm-hmm. like, let's mutually shoot barbs at each other uh, while yeah. we make out in closets. Yeah. It it feels to me almost like this whole Willow Xander cheating storyline existed because they needed to break up Xander and Cordelia. And I just feel like they could have gone at it about it a different way. Um, yeah, but... because, like, the... Like in the retrospect of the series, the uh, even though like we've been with Xander and Willow since the beginning of the show, it still feels like it still feels out of place when they like oh mm-hmm. now we're finally like acknowledging each other um, that we that we're romantically attracted to each other. Yeah. Uh, but yep. yeah, whatever. Like that's that's gone. That's <laughs> that... behind us. Um, let, uh, it, uh, let's, let's, let's let the show make amends to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I agree. I think this scene between Oz and Willow is just, um, it's really sweet. And, uh, I, I'm glad that Willow gave Oz the space he needed to process his emotions. And, and I am glad that Oz handles those emotions so maturely. Um, so... And then I love the bit where at the end of their the, their conversation, Willow's like, so can we hug now? <laughs> and it's just really sweet. Um, yeah, it is. We also learned during all, this whole interaction between the gang that um, Cordelia is going to Aspen to ski with her parents uh, with real snow. Um, yet another uh, bit of foreshadowing here. Uh, and also just a reason Cordelia's not in the rest of this episode. <laughs> yeah. She, she, and she says that specifically to like rub it into everybody else's face, particularly Xander. It's yeah. like, oh, hey, look, I've got like a happy family life. Yeah. Or at least that's what I'm showing you. A rich has, family life. <laughs> she has that line where she said, has fun staying here in Sweatydale, which i laughed i laughed a lot at that that is so lame <laughs> it's really lame but it's really, I, I thought it was funny um our next scene is uh a really great scene between joyce and buffy um christmas tree it feels shopping. like we haven't had like a lot of joyce she's been absent lately. for a couple episodes um yeah like, like i mean she was there like well she was there in lover's walk um was like, she? Duh. Yeah, I was like, she was like, she? Yes, obviously she was. Um, but it feels like it feels like that was the last time we saw her. Um, and if we've seen yeah. her like more recently since then, well, like, no, the only episode would just since be, like, was the, the wish. wish. Yeah, yeah, and she's not in yeah. that. But, but it, even like, before it, Lovers Walk, I think she was absent since Band Candy. So, um, speaking of which, um, <laughs> uh, so so Joyce I made this being note. really nice. So Joyce is being really nice. Like uh, she suggests, like, "Oh, hey, why don't we invite uh, Faith to uh, our Christmas Eve dinner?" Which and is so, so sweet, so it, sweet. It, no, I no, love like, that she thought of that. No, oh yeah, no. Like um, I love like when I love when Joyce is like the sweet mom who is yeah. like not only there for you but also there for your friends, mm-hmm. um, especially the ones who like don't have the family to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but uh, Buffy suggests inviting Giles, and Joy <laughs> shuts it down immediately. Shuts it down. She says, without, there's not even a pause. She just goes, she's like, oh, maybe we should invite Giles. And she goes, no, I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> like, and then he doesn't Buffy want to spend kinda, Christmas with a bunch of girls. Yeah, when Buffy kind of pushes her, she's like, no. I said no, Buffy. And Buffy's just like, um, okay. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. And Yeah, and we all know why this happened, because <laughs> we're thinking of band candy, mm-hmm. and... <laughs> God, oh can gosh. you imagine that it's dinner? It's so good. <laughs> uh and of course, uh, I also just want to point those tacky ass trees with the fake snow on them that are well so ugly. They may, seem, hate. they may seem tacky to us because we get snow, so I don't really see too many trees um, in this area being sold like with fake snow on it. Um, but uh, I, I mean, sometimes that's the only snow you get in California—the fake snow. So <laughs> okay, all right, fair. Yeah. Um, God, and, Harrison, think about what other people have to live like. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is where Buffy um, sees a bunch of uh, uh, dead, rotting trees uh, for, for no reason. Maybe that'll be important. Who knows? Uh, it, it actually immediately made me think of another Christmas episode. Um, this time it was Friends and... Uh, when Joey was working at a uh, Christmas tree lot, and Phoebe, this. oh no, and Phoebe, uh, Phoebe shows up and uh, she says like, oh well, um, what like, what about that tree right there? And it was like a tree that was kind of like sickly and dying. He's like, oh mm-hmm. well, I mean, most people don't want to buy it, so if they don't buy it, we put it in the chipper. And there's like this dramatic music scene where they're like throwing it, throwing it into a wood chipper, and she's like, no, no. <laughs> but it basically ends with uh the friends all buying like all of like the dying trees and putting it around uh monica's apartment and it made phoebe happy so i i'll have to i don't remember that one i'll have to i'll have to check that out um i think i want to say it's season three okay um yeah if i had to guess i'd say it's season three i could be very wrong though no, which no. Would be kind of embarrassing because I need to know. I'm supposed to be the one who knows about friends. <laughs> Listen, there's only ten options, so I mean, um, I'm sure I can also, find it. I want to make I want to make a comment about this. Yes, this is a Christmas episode, but there are episodes of TV that work Christmas in, and it feels like it's only a Christmas episode because it's airing in December, um, mm-hmm. in in later December. I feel like this. The Christmas stuff never feels unwelcome in this, no. which is saying something because Buffy doesn't seem like the kind of show that you would think would have a Christmas episode. Yeah. Um, but I like let, it, all the imagery, like the Christmas trees and like the Christmas dinner and all that stuff. It never, um, it never, it never feels forced. It never feels like. Oh God! Did they really have to do that? It never like feels eye rolly, and mm-hmm. then like it actually, and it doesn't like, it doesn't try to focus on the Christian message of Christmas. It tries to focus on mm-hmm. like a generalized message of Christmas, like goodwill towards all and all that jazz. Yeah. Like um, in this case, uh, forgiveness and amends. Yeah. So 
Although it I is like funny it. you say that though, and I, I agree with you completely. But at the end, the the miracle at the end is the most like Christiany thing this show ha- ever does. Um, despite Joss Whedon being like a staunch atheist, and he's even admitted it. He's like, he's like, yeah, I went full in on this Christmas miracle thing. Um, I, I don't think, and I love I it. Think miracles, yeah. I don't think miracles have to be specifically associated with Christianity. I mean, I feel like the uh, that might be. I don't even know if that's where we get the word from. Uh, um, but I'm not sure, but I do know that Christianity has specific, like there actually is like specific rules and like definitions of what constitutes a miracle. That's true. I, I that's know that's not relevant, the, but I think it's just no, that's that's important for the canonization process and everything too. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we both grew up Catholics, so. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Buffy notices the dead trees, um, and uh, then she, but then uh, she goes to uh, then she goes to like a uh, uh, Faith's hotel room and just asks her like, "Hey, do you want to come over to our Christmas Eve dinner?" And um, and Faith just says like, "Oh no, I've got like this party that's totally real." <laughs> <laughs> And Faith also immediately catches on that this is Joyce inviting her, not Buffy. Um, and then Faith also has a line that I just really love when um, Buffy points out her Christmas lights and Faith just goes, tis the season, whatever that means. <laughs> um, I, I just, I really like that line. I think it's funny. I think it's just really f- very Faith. Um, it is. So, so uh, we Angel keeps more, having these nightmares. Yeah, more nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> In this one, he kills like um like a maid, who um I think the implication is that it was he was before he was killed and turned into a vampire, he'd been having an affair with her. Maybe, um, I I'm not exactly sure th- what this relationship I was. Like, I don't know because I feel like um. I felt like like this was much later, given like mm. the dress, um, that's uh, given like the attire that people have on, yeah. and um, the way that uh, Angel's hair is. Um, okay. I could be wrong though. Now yeah. here's the thing though. I just noticed this, and for some reason, I seem to think that you don't grow hair when you become a vampire. Like you're dead. That part of you is dead. But I mean. Angel grew this mustache, clearly, like, post-becoming yeah. a vampire. Um, there, I don't know if that was, like, something that was said later in the series or what, but... Um, I'm, I'm I always trying thought, like, to... Oh, when you... I, I, there's, an exa- there's another example that I... Of, of a vampire having slightly longer hair later in the series that I'm... There's no way I can go into more detail on that without major, major spoilers, so I won't. But okay. I think there was probably... I, I bet this is a reference to that, like, idea that um, the, the, the urban legend that your hair and fingernails continue to grow after you die. Um, oh, okay. Which is untrue. It's actually just that your, like, skin is, like, peeling back, so they <laughs> look longer um, because you're decomposing. 
but I'm just going to say a wizard did it. I mean, it's, just, it's one of those things where, yeah, it does. It actually doesn't make any sense, but uh, magic, I guess. Um, but yeah, but the, no, uh, you're right. It's a little weird. Yeah. Um, anyway, like, uh, so yeah, he ends up killing this girl um, mm-hmm. in like a very not so great way. Um, yeah. But then uh, he, um, not that they're What's like, a great, great way to kill a girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I feel like, I feel like, like, there should be some good ones in horror movies or stuff, like, that's cool or something, like, good for, like, aesthetic effect, but if we're talking morally, then no, there's no good way to kill a girl. Uh, aesthetically, I'm gonna go with, uh, the way Tatum dies in the first Scream movie. Um, I so knew you'd... you'd go with that. <laughs> it's so cool! It's so implausible that that would actually happen, but... From a visual standpoint, it's cool. Anyway, um, how many yeah, scream like, so, references can I make this week? <laughs> God, don't do not challenge him to that because he will go out of his way. Um, so Angel uh, decides to go to Giles for help, and mm-hmm. he's obviously and here's like emotional maturity on Angel's part, but then again, he has he does have like two hundred years on everybody else. Um, <laughs> but uh, he. Um, he like he knows that he he's only coming to Giles because there's no other option for him. Like yeah. he can't bring this to Buffy. He knows that um, and he knows that Giles might be the only one who can help him. But he also knows that like oh hey I like I killed his girlfriend and uh, I tortured him. Mm-hmm. And he says like oh you know that's not me. But um, I mean. Giles may be a lo- reasonable about a lot of things. He's not reasonable yeah. at first about this. Um, and, uh, it, but yeah, it's, I, I think it's a really well written scene between the two of them. Yes. Um, Cause like Angel comes in for help and Giles, like I will say Giles could have just like said, get the fuck out of my, <laughs> like get the fuck away from my house, Angel. And, yeah. but no, like um, he, he lets him in to like let angel kind of like explain his problem granted he like keeps a crossbow trained on him yes he does which is smart um but uh like as so angel's basically trying to figure out why he was brought back which is something that we don't know yeah like um he just kind of like came back into the world bare ass naked and uh (laughs) and uh don't ask questions angel just take your pants off by the way, there are plenty of, uh, I like how every single time, like, it shows us Angel waking up from his dreams, and he's always shirtless, so. And the blankets are, like, like, arranged so that you get nipple, <laughs> like, every time with this man. I'm it's not in complaining. the contract, man. It I'm is not, in the contract. I am um, not complaining. I am not complaining. But, yeah, uh... And, um, Giles, uh, so Giles, like, originally tries to, like, think of something, but then Jenny Calendar appears. Mm-hmm. This is a great and, uh, reveal of, of Jenny, of the Jenny, because uh, it's not Jenny, as we know, but, um, this reveal of her, um, her form of the first evil is so well done, and this shot of when angel seeing her 
And then Giles kind of looking over his shoulder, like right through her is, Ooh, I'm getting, I got, I've got chills. I love it. <laughs> yeah. But like, he basically just says like, nah, it's, I can't do it. It's just like runs out. Yeah. Um, Peace. <laughs> bye. bye. Um, and Giles is like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, here's the dream with the maid. Oh, fuck. You're right. Cause this yeah. is the one that Buffy is. In. Yeah. Buffy. Cause, um, yeah, like, basically the whole thing going on with the maid and um like as angel is like talking to the maid he notices that buffy is there and um she looks more confused than he does mm-hmm. um so <laughs> buffy goes to giles and says that like hey so we just like shared a dream and at first giles doesn't really believe her she's like there's stuff in that dream that i could not have known yeah um and so Giles, like, then reveals to her that, like, okay, I know that something's wrong with Angel. He came to me. And they're like, can we please help him? And so Giles says, like, all right, let's do it. Then Xander shows up. And uh, we mentioned it's, this earlier. Yeah. He's like, so he supportive. Sh- yeah. And it could be that he's, like, just looking for something to do to get away from his family, which might be one of the reasons why uh xander like spends so much time with buffy and willow Mm -hmm. anyway i mean like obviously there's friends and stuff but i mean yeah that that unfortunately happens like not great family lives and like finding a place to go uh when that happens um you know joss whedon is all about chosen families yep and uh as we've said before um (laughs) and willow's also there and so she like immediately jumps into the uh jumps into the research party yep. and it's like and again here's in it there's like a nice little montage of them researching and you have to think that uh i mean it may not be um impossible to think of for buffy but for everybody else like you would think oh here's like this group of people that like would probably like just a few months ago would never have like in their dreams thought about helping angel but here they are yeah. like researching hours and hours long enough to order a study pizza and <laughs> um and no. they're uh trying to help angel yeah. um and they're so also that's like they're also learning that about this like ancient guy who really loved beats um yes it was a, is... um, it was the diary of like it was the diary of somebody, and it's yeah. like it's a weird I love little when, like, aside, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> I love when uh, Giles hands that to Buffy, and he's like, "Oh, you can skip the chapters about his beat garden unless you're like really into <laughs> yeah. really into herbology or something like that." Yeah, and then Willow references it later, and she's like, "This guy really likes beats," and Buffy's like, "I've read that one already." <laughs> like, it's such a, it's so it, uh, strange. It's such a non sequitur, but it's, it's a really, really nice bit of levity in an episode that has not a lot of levity. And honestly, I think that is that is Joss Whedon. Like mm. he, um, I feel like he is able to very much read a room, um, mm-hmm. at especially like or i guess in this case he's very much able to write a room (laughs) and uh and like he knows he knows when like um when like there's a serious story but he also knows when you can have like a break for levity i wish like 
more Marvel uh, movie writers would be able to pick up on that. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's a whole other rant that. I'm well, not they going do, to but they're all here. writing for Agents of Shield. <laughs> That's why I specified Marvel movie writers. <laughs> or if okay, I didn't, I'm fair, specifying it now. Marvel movie I, writers. No, you, um, you did, you did. Um, okay. We uh, we get a uh, um, another... Uh, no, wait. What's happening next? <laughs> Fuck, I got hang on, like, hang on, I'm I, I think you want to jump to the next scene, but before I do, like, after they have the whole Beats comment... Um, Willow does talk to Buffy about like how things are going with Oz. She's like, oh, well, it's awkward and everything. And Buffy, like, Buffy nails it. She's like, oh, Xander has a part of you that Oz never will. And so, like, you need to show Oz that he comes first. So I'm yeah. like, damn, good job, Buffy. Like, yeah. It's so like easy kind of- to give good advice to other people. Oh, Sometimes. dude, story of my life. Like, I am <laughs> I am somehow, like, I've become a good person to vent to, and I am able to give, like, sound advice to a lot, if not all of my friends, about their problems, and yet I have tons of problems and <laughs> usually go about dealing with them in the worst way possible. So where's that knowledge for me? Cheers. God. <laughs> oh, well, no, it's it's easy to... Um, not easy, maybe is not the right word, but it's um, it, it's easier to have a perspective um, when you're on the outside looking in, you know, and um, it's easier to make. Uh, Will I be more advice. than I've ever been? Uh, <laughs> um, Sorry, but it, no, you're it, making a good point. <laughs> um, it's it's just it's easier to have that perspective without the emotions of it. You can be more pragmatic when it's not happening to you. Yeah, when you don't have such a huge personal stake in that situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, so, um, Angel like still gets visions of Jenny, and she's mm-hmm. basically saying like. I don't want your apologies. I just want you to suffer. And so mm-hmm. like Jenny morphs into all of the different victims that, uh, he like the victims of Angelus. And yeah. so, so we see and Daniel so, like, and Margaret, but we also see a man, like a modern day man. So I'm talking guessing about this his is, children. Yeah. I'm assuming this yeah. is someone that was killed during season two. Um, yeah, because like it was fair, it was still like maybe like eighteen hundreds when um, Buffy was cursed by the Romani, or excuse Angel me, was cursed. Angel was cursed by the Romani. I yeah. knew it was wrong immediately when I said it. Um, uh, you were rubbing off on me in the worst way possible. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, but then like uh, so then while Buffy is researching, she falls asleep. And this is like, well, Angel falls asleep and they have the uh, wonderful dream of doing it. Sex dream. Yeah. And like, all I have to say is like, if somebody had walked in on like, walked over to like check on Buffy, she's sprawled out and kind of enjoying the shit out of this dream. So Uh that would have been like kind of the most awkward thing ever. But, um. This is also probably the most 
I mean, definitely, it is the most, like, graphic sex scene we've had on the show up to this point. Like, Yeah, the actual Buffy Angel sex scene wasn't this graphic. Like, you didn't yeah, have that, um, you didn't have that so, sweet, sweet bareback. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> hey, I mean, uh, look, if you're watching CW shows um, or WB shows, that's, like, what you get. You get the, you get that sweet, sweet bareback, and that's it. Um... <laughs> They, uh, at the end of their, near the end of the dream, uh, Buffy sees, uh, a, uh, 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 one, uh, who, that was a rough sentence that I didn't even get through. <laughs> she sees a priest. Yeah. With like, his eyes are like sewn shut. Um, and then Angel bites her. Um, and then, uh. They wake up, and that's when the Jenny spirit tells Angel um, that he has to kill Buffy. Dun, dun, Not dun. just kill her. Like, he has to, like... Well, I think she specifies later, like, he has to, like, drink from her. But uh, Giles um, has found out the only thing, as far as he knows, that's powerful enough to bring Angel back from that hell dimension is the first evil. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, this... Uh, there's so much I want to say about this <laughs> that I can't. Um, it's, it's, it's such a crazy idea for a villain, and mm-hmm. the magnitude of it really just isn't captured in this, in this episode alone. Yeah. Um, and, like, and Buffy's like, oh how can i like how can i kill it and he's like you can't kill it it's mm-hmm. not it's not a demon it's literally like the manifestation of evil yeah and i love holy that. shit like, man yeah <laughs> that's it crazy is, it is a really cool concept um and yeah you're right it is i i so i guess we'll just say suffice it to say this is not the last we see of the first evil we'll just say that yeah if you are intrigued by the idea of the first evil stick around you will not be disappointed yeah but Um, you gotta stick around for a while (laughs) (laughs) um but um they uh the the creature we learned the creature that uh buffy saw the priest are his like the or it's i guess is more accurate uh harbingers um so um they go uh buffy and xander go to visit willie at the bar uh Willie's brief scene from willie but god it's so good i love him i love how like he's really encouraging to xander i like you very intimidating you did great also um, the fact that like xander does come along with buffy so that's nice too like he's still he's yeah. still trying to help her out um mm-hmm. and uh yeah the uh, uh so I, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before, but I can't see Willie the Snitch and not think of his character, Bob, on uh, on Becker. Like, that was literally <laughs> the only thing I can associate with him. And honestly, not to hear him <laughs> refer to himself in the third person is strange for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, um, that actor... Uh, give me a second. It's like um, uh, Guerrero... Sev- something uh severio guerrera yeah he's so so good in this role um 
it's such a minor role. I think he's had like like four episodes over the course of the entire series. Um, but every time he, he shows up, it's just like, yeah, Willie the Snitch. I love him. I also like how, yeah, I also like how he, um, he's, he's kind of like, maybe loyal to everybody is not the best word, but, um, maybe like loyal to no one, but he just wants to make sure Pretty that everybody's neutral. on even playing field. Yeah. He wants yeah. to be, make sure that everybody's on even playing field. So like Buffy walks in, he's like, Hey, it's the Slayer. <laughs> and these vampires just get up and leave. That um, is such a good beat of the vampires to slay. And like, kind of like, try not to be noticed like as they're leaving but then like but then like he can also tell that uh like it's important what buffy's trying to figure out is important Mm -hmm. um and then like as she's as she's leaving he says like hey merry christmas kid and again like it's 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 christmas that doesn't feel forced like so good job on that Um, i also think um i think willie is also kind of the precursor to a um to a significant recurring character who will appear on um on angel okay um do you are you picking up what i'm putting down uh mr green yes okay (laughs) Uh, (laughs) his name is not mr green (laughs) (laughs) uh that was code um You know, obviously like not really the best thing I could think of. Like, <laughs> not not a, a one for one there. Obviously, they, no, they, no, but the I characters get also you. have a lot of differences. But um, I feel like, like that was the tapestry he was that character was built from. Uh huh. Also, I can see like shades of like Whistler there as well. Yeah. Um, so like you have these people who are kind of like not they're not ready to join the Scooby Gang, but they're also like not ready to see the world end either, and. Yeah. Those are for like those are cool people, um, but uh, let's let's go to Willow's house for a second. Dang, um, I, I, so, oh god, I, Willow, Willow, Willow. So it, she did mention before that um, Oz is coming over. They were gonna watch some videos because. Uh, Yes, and they do emphasize videos, not movies. Mm-hmm. Um, for because uh, like Willow's parents are out of town. Well, when Buffy suggests that like um, Oz needs to come first, Willow may have taken another meeting out of that phrase. She did. <laughs> All right, and I'm gonna say real quick, going back to the videos comment you made, and I swear this will probably be my last Scream reference. Oh God! <laughs> it makes me, in the in the beginning of Scream, Drew Barrymore when she's talking to Ghostface on the phone, she's like, "I'm about to watch a video," and it's like, "Just say movie." It's but I think that really was like the that was kind of the terminology that was used in this time period. Um, yeah, because I remember I remember saying like, uh, "Oh, can we go? Can we go like rent a go video? To the video like, store? Yes, yeah, yeah. blockbuster video, Hollywood video, Roadrunner video." So like I, I get mm. that. It's just it's it's a the thing is like I don't often say like oh I'm gonna watch a DVD or I'm gonna watch a Blu-ray. I just say I'm gonna watch a movie. Yeah. I think as the ways you could watch movies expanded, yeah the 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 terminology needed to just shrink down to to one catch-all. Um. Yep, I think you're right. Uh, but uh, Willow's house. Mm-hmm. um 
She's got the dress. Us? She's got the music, which is um, Barry White. Barry White can't get enough of your love, baby. They're like, oh so my god! I remember hearing that. I remember hearing that on the radio. So like, when I was a kid and my parents were driving me to school, um, I would only hear like what was on what they the stations they listened to. It's why like my favorite genres are classic rock, and I remember hearing this song quite a bit on drives to school and so like the fact that like when like oz starts talking and willow turns on the music and it like i hear that familiar those familiar lyrics i'm like oh god it's fucking barry white (laughs) (laughs) which i mean bravo like i'm very glad that she didn't do like let's get it on because that (laughs) that song has become so cliched it also has like zero nuance yeah (laughs) she also has a um like an ice bucket with um something in it Um, yeah no so the buffy wiki says champagne honestly to me it looked like a big ball of sprite (laughs) yeah i don't think it's champagne i like sparkling water maybe at like at willow's most daring (laughs) oh but yeah so so yeah so in a, like this is from the Buffy Wiki. In a roundabout way, she implies that she wants to make love with Oz. So, I disagree with the Buffy Wiki. This is not roundabout. Like no, she, this is this is like, hey Oz, I'm open for business. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Oz, goddamn, what a goddamn, He's such goddamn a good gent. He, he is, is just the, like he is the best boy. Yeah, and it's. You know, he he's like he's like you know I don't think we're there, um, and I especially don't want you to you know have sex for the first time just to prove something to me. That's not that's not right. Um, Absolutely. And um, it is it's so mature. It's so oh god damn it! I like how our how our like ongoing discussion of uh, of Oz is just like. He's just, he's so mature. <laughs> uh, well, it's a bit of a contrast from uh, uh, basically the rest of the cast, with, yep. with a couple of exceptions. Yes, indeed. Um, and, and, you know, this, this calls back to um, uh, Willow's and his conversation about uh, making out back in Innocence. Uh, that's another instance where Willow's kind of, she's wanting to take these physical um, and in this case, sexual steps in their relationship uh, before, before she's ready to, and for the wrong reasons and Oz recognizing that and gently, you know, course correcting her. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I was, if you thought it, like, it looked weird when I was, like, holding uh, my phone, I was, like, putting in a Grubhub order because I realized, like, what time <laughs> it was. And I'm like, I can't, I gotta, I gotta get some food because I don't feel like cooking tonight. Fair. <laughs> Sorry, a little behind the scenes action. But yes, um, <laughs> yes, you are absolutely right on echoing, like, basically, Oz is just like, let's call him the master of consent. Yeah. Because, um, like, he, I feel like, the most like the most basic thing that you should do is ask for consent the 
but like i think it's a step further to even realize that even if somebody like is giving you their consent you have to like i guess kind of recognize your own consent um mm -hmm. yeah if that's like if that's a good way to put it um no, i know i know what you mean yeah yeah because like I, i'm not gonna lie like if if allison hannigan wanted to like have sex with me first thing that would pop up in my head is like yes first absolutely. thing that would pop up hmm? yeah mm -hmm. in my head yeah not the first head that would pop up <laughs> boner <Gross>. jokes <laughs> but um but yeah like it's and that's and that's something that's really important like it especially like uh i don't know what the average age range of our viewers are but i mean i'm going to assume that we have or viewers listeners i'm going to assume that we have some that are like maybe high school but probably college mm -hmm. um definitely like early 20s um and i'm just, maybe i'm just kind of like speaking on my part but like i feel like maybe it's like your mid-20s when like your priorities about sex really um start to solidify um that's kind of how it was mm -hmm. for me and i think that's like I think that's fairly common. Um, but uh, for, like, people who are, like, not there yet, to just, like, kind of be careful. Like, yeah. just about... I mean, obviously, like, anytime sex is involved in something that you're doing, it's, like... Or someone that you're doing. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, um, it's a big decision. Uh, mm -hmm. See, there's, like, my levity at the time of talking about something serious. Um, but, like uh yeah never do anything it's in, it's so important that the other person feels comfortable but it's also important that you feel comfortable like yeah. don't like you can be forced into this not only by like somebody else but also by yourself so like be mm -hmm. aware of that like don't yeah. just know your comfort levels know yeah. what you want yeah i agree yeah and it's, it's something yeah, that's, um, i think people don't talk about enough it's not because I mean, unfortunately, like the the um like the prevailing topic when it comes to talking about like young people having sex is like the lack of consent of the other of like the other person, and I mean mm -hmm. that's awful. We've discussed that before, but I think this is also something that's like it's not it's not like as serious of a transgression overall but it is like it's it, it it's damaging to you and yeah honestly like i'm assuming if you want to have sex you want it to be good and if it's not something that you want then that's gonna come across yeah listen as a person who has made sex mistakes before <laughs> from there i thought yeah. you're gonna say as a person who has made sex before <laughs> <laughs> I, I i love making sex sex <laughs> making is what i'm all about um but no i mean I, I i'll be honest i i've been in situations where i um i was i don't want to say coerced but i um because that's not really accurate but i i i did things that i wasn't necessarily comfortable with um not because of someone else coercing me into them but just because i didn't feel comfortable enough saying that i didn't want to do that yeah, um, you were, like, psyching yourself up way too much, and... Yeah. Yeah, and... I don't... I don't know if I've had that specific experience, but, I mean, like, even, like, not sex-related, like, that stuff 
happens in like relationships so mm-hmm. so but uh but yeah anyway that's our sex talk <laughs> um, a bit of a tangent yeah, but i it, think an important one it is um yeah so buffy and her mom are trimming the tree and <laughs> and uh joyce throws a log onto the fire oh and- my god this fucking fire is so funny because it's like what do they say it's like 80 degrees outside and Joyce is building a fire because it's festive. And then she immediately because is like, maybe I should turn, turn on, on the air, air conditioning. conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the doorbell rings and, um, oh, and wait, Buffy wait. goes to Real get quick, it. B- before the doorbell rings, though, um, there's a line Joyce has while Buffy is lost in thought while she's decorating the tree. Um, Joyce says, so, angels on top again? And- <laughs> I forgot and about that. Buffy like whips her head around and is like, what? And she's like, <laughs> and, and, and Joyce is just like, the angel or the star on top of the tree. And Boy, Buffy's like, gonna, the star, the star. Boy, that's going to be real awkward when she gets together with Star next season. <laughs> <laughs> what do you put on top of your Christmas tree, Jason? Well, I've never... Um, so, I... I had a Christmas tree of my own um, when I was at my apartment, but there really, you've been to my, you were, you went to my old apartment. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really too much space. So I never actually mm-hmm. put it up. I've like, I've been collecting ornaments, like really nerdy Hallmark ornaments for the <laughs> past, for quite a few years now. So, but now that I have a house, I'm yeah. like really looking forward to it. Uh, to like actually trimming the tree. Um, I'm not sure what I want to put on top of the tree. Like there's a big Star Trek theme with my tree and I've seen like tree toppers that are like Spock giving the Vulcan salute and he's like wearing a Santa hat or, um, mm-hmm. or, uh, like the USS enterprise. So I was going to say an enterprise would make sense. Yeah, no. Um, and that'll be like a decision like that. I'll think about probably like November or December, not June. But, um, yeah. My my parents have always uh, for the main tree. My parents have always put um, the angel on top. We <laughs> um, we always do. Yeah, my my I, my parents, uh, both my parents, my dad and my mom, um, their their trees usually did an angel as well. Um, John and I for our Christmas tree, which Jason knows because every year we uh, we have all of our friends over and make them decorate our tree for us. Yeah, they <laughs> trick me, and I do, and I and I let myself get like I let them take the consent from me. Like, I need to be more assertive. You get a very good meal out of this exchange. Um, excuse me, I believe the first time that we did that at your apartment on Fourth Street, I did not that's, get a meal. That's you were just true. too like John wanted to like decorate the Christmas tree, and you were too fucking lazy. So I I helped him. Um, no, wrong. I'm not allowed to decorate the Christmas tree because <laughs> I don't space out the ornaments apparently up to John's standards. So well, he never has a problem when I decorate the tree. So this sounds like a Harrison problem. <laughs> um, but we do a uh, we do a, a big ribbon. It's just it's a like a red ribbon that's like got like gold edges on it. So um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, Merry Christmas to all of you listeners here in June. <laughs> it's not even Christmas in July, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So Buffy, um, so uh, yeah, the door rings. Up. 
yeah, the door rings. Um, doorbell rings. Uh, Buffy opens the door, and Faith um, is there, and she says, like, oh, yeah, that totally real party just... I didn't feel like going to it. So she seems lame. <laughs> seems so lame. It almost was fake. <laughs> like, um, and then like she comes in and uh, this is like probably something that the episode uh, that a lot of people probably forget about the episode. But like, remember the last time we saw Faith was um, when uh, uh, what's her face? Uh, Evil Hermione showed up. Uh, yeah. Uh, in Gwendolyn Post. Yes. Gwendolyn Post, yeah, when Gwendolyn Post showed up, mm-hmm. and she, um, God, she really does just look like an evil Emma Watson. <laughs> like, it's, it, it's crazy. Um, but, but, uh, she, um, and, like, they didn't end on the best of terms yeah. at the end of that episode. Uh, so the fact that, like, um, the fact that she shows up, and it's kind of, like, almost unspoken between them, that, like, hey, we're cool with each other. Yeah. Um, and she brings like, she brings presents for her and, and Joyce. And Joyce. And she has this great line where she's, Joyce is like, oh, that's so thoughtful. And Faith just goes, they're crappy. <laughs> and, uh, but Joyce is not to be deterred. Um, no, like uh, she is, she is all about giving Faith like a good Christmas. And yeah, it's um, so sweet. And then like Buffy says that she's going upstairs to get presents which means that she, I think she, like, also says to Faith, like, she includes Faith in the whole, like, your presence. So I think she bought, yeah. like, a present for Faith. And oh, she absolutely awesome. did. I, I actually, it's a, such a great, I mean, obviously, it's part of that. It's just Buffy needs to get upstairs um, for this scene with Angel. But, yeah, even though Faith declined um, the invitation initially, they still bought Faith gifts. They weren't displayed with the Christmas gifts because they didn't think she was coming. But like, yeah, it's it's a nice little touch. Um, I also love Buffy's line where she's like, "Mom, don't touch yours, or you'll know what it is." <laughs> Which oh, is the, uh, it's kind of funny. Well, yeah, like um, I and this is just like another thing, like um, the amends that are happening in this episode, like um, Giles, Giles and the Scooby Gang find it in themselves to like not only not only like treat angel like a person again but instead of a threat but also like they try to help him um like oz and willow obviously are like finding a good place for their relationship to be again and um xander is like i think xander's kind of like finally owning up to all the Mm -hmm. shit that he did uh well almost all the shit that he did yeah um in regards to angel and now, like, we have, like, Buffy and Faith, like, getting on good terms again. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you're, yeah. there's a reason this episode is called Amends. Um, yeah. I, 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 I mean, the I, obvious I'm basically just, like, giving is... it to you guys, but... <laughs> no, no. It's, I mean, that's what we're here for. Um, <laughs> the obvious thing is, is the angel plot. But, yeah, everyone's storyline in this episode, except Cordelia, because she's barely in it is all about people making amends to one another and what that looks like. And um, it um, part of it is that I really love with Xander's in this is, is not just Xander admitting he was wrong and admitting that maybe he'd been kind of bit a bad friend in this regard, but also putting in some work like to help. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's like, he so does important. the research. He goes with Buffy to Willie the snitches place. Yeah. So Buffy goes up to her room 
to get the presents and angel is there and remember angel can come back into the house again because yep. buffy invited angel in to like help her fight spike in lover's walk um yep. so um angel is like trying angel is basically fighting with um himself and with the first who in jenny's form is uh trying to uh tell it, it basically reveals that like she the first evil and her harbingers brought angel back mm-hmm. because they wanted him to kill buffy they're like yeah. oh you're probably the only one who can and um which is kind of like a huge thing like the only like the only person capable of killing buffy at this point is angel so yeah that's nuts um but uh yeah i will say though the episode does walk it back a little at the end with buffy's line um it kind of implies that maybe the first is lying about bringing angel back um and i will say i mean just i don't think this is a spoiler to say there's never really ever any resolution on that. It's very ambiguous. It is. Um, um, and but then again, there like, are other beings who also take credit at, at various points for bringing Angel back. And it's always kind of the same thing of like, maybe it's the truth, but it could be bullshit too. Then again, the, um, the first is all about ambiguity. So who knows? But uh, yeah, so <laughs> basically like Angel is just like, Angel just, like, um, is able to get away from Buffy by jumping out the window. Um, Yep. Buffy, like, immediately goes into, like, worry mode and goes to Giles. Um, She asks Faith to, like... And this is a really good line right here. Um, Like, she asks Faith to wait and, like, guard her mom just in case, like, Angel comes back because she doesn't Mm -hmm. know, like, the full story of it. She just thinks, like, oh, Angel's getting dangerous again. Um, and when she's leaving, she says, like, I don't have time to explain. I'll explain all when I get back. I promise. So, like, she's determined to, like, the way she says it, she's determined to keep Faith in the loop. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, yeah. that's a pretty huge thing. Um, and uh, and so she goes to Giles for help. Um, yeah. Yay. Yeah. So Jenny basically just keeps saying over and over again, the first as Jenny keeps saying over and over that Angel has to kill Buffy. And, um, and like, as long as you're alive, we're like going to make sure that you try to kill her. And so he's like, all right, then that means that I just have to die. And she's like, you've never like, you don't have the strength to kill yourself. And he's like, I don't need strength. I just need the sun to rise. Yeah. And whoa. Yeah. That's, no man it's getting it's getting crazy um but uh then jenny says um basically as he's walking away jenny says you know this isn't the plan you're not supposed to die but it'll work but then she's like yeah but she's like but you know it'll work it's um uh i can make it work so um i i don't want to say i like this about the first but i do i think it's some interesting characterization that uh, the first is, you know, has the specific goal in mind, but when it is presented with this other potential outcome, it's like, okay, yeah, I can work with this. Like, yeah, it's more yeah. just like, um, I need to like bring as much chaos as I can. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously like a big way to start that chaos is by killing the Slayer, but I mean, 
hey, you're driving in a you're driving like one of the most fearsome vampires in the world to suicide. So, yep, it's not it, it's <laughs> not a bad second place trophy. <laughs> um, so, uh, after more research, Giles finds a um, Giles finds like a passage that says that uh, more or less that nothing will grow above or below where the ple- where the priests are. Mm-hmm. And then she remembers the the dying Christmas trees. So she <laughs> goes convenient. back there. <laughs> yeah, she goes back to the tree lot and basically starts digging with an axe. Yeah, <laughs> it's a weird choice. But I, I guess, mean, it, 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 look, what's nearby is what's nearby. So Yeah, and I guess with the Slayer strength, it still works. But I know, like, if I had to dig, if I had to dig a hole with an axe, that shit ain't <laughs> happening. <laughs> like, unless it's a pickaxe, maybe, but like, not a, not an axe for chopping down wood. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, um, yeah, she uh, sees the priests in the hideout, and uh, yeah, she, and um, she like throws all the shit that they had been chanting over off the table. And this makes the first appear in Jenny's form. And she says to them, okay, 10 more minutes of chanting, and then you guys have to go to bed. <laughs> oh, but yeah, like, and I love that, like, um, like, Buffy's basically trying to say, like, oh, like, I can beat you. And the first is like, do you even know who I am, little girl? <laughs> I am every drop of hate. I am all the evil in the world. I am the uh, Alpha and Omega. And Buffy's <laughs> like, oh, I get it. You're evil. <laughs> Do we have to chat about it all day? I, it's so... It's just one of those things about the series that's so good. Like, another show would have, like, let this moment just go and let the first have his, its, like long evil rant and taking it really seriously and but not Buffy Buffy's just gonna be like Jesus wrap it the goddamn fuck up um we only got a 44 minute episode here (laughs) what is it is it um it's like in the Uncredibles when uh, Mr. Incredible and Frozone are like reminiscing about the old days and he's telling the he story. Starts he's like, he starts monologuing. He started monologuing. <laughs> and he's like, every time with these guys. And like later in the movie, Syndrome's like, you sneaky dog, you got me monologuing. <laughs> it's like just natural for villains to like, that's their default. <laughs> God damn, I want to go watch The Incredibles. Oh, but- Oh, but like, uh, so funny thing about the Incredibles, be real quick about this. Um, (laughs) it comes on, um, it came on ABC family and it came on, uh, um, what's it called now? Freeform comes on like that a lot. And I remember every time I have turned it to that channel and it has been the, and the Incredibles has been on, it's always at the exact same point. It's like right after like um, Mr. Incredible like invaded that mo- like that robot, and mm-hmm. it's when he's sneaking into Syndrome's base on like that minecart or whatever. That's the <laughs> same scene it is every damn time. It's like in the middle of a commercial, it goes at, like commercial ends, and it's that scene. I'm like Jesus Christ! This, <laughs> this has had to have happened at least four times. That's like, hilarious. It, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's, and I mean I don't. I don't normally watch movies on TV because I hate 
commercials in the middle of movies and mm-hmm. they like normally cut it down for time anyway but like jeez <laughs> ridiculous um but anyway like uh the first does say like oh angel's like angel's about to kill himself um mm-hmm. and so um she finds angel atop king man's bluff mm-hmm. um and basically they're just a few minutes before the sun's going to rise angel makes a creepy comment like i can smell the sunrise way before it happens yeah that's so, weird but i guess that's a useful skill for a vampire to have it is maybe it's like, like being we, able to smell when it's going to rain yeah like, <laughs> which i actually can do that can you yeah oh yeah yeah it's like yeah. I it's can... fairly obvious when it's going to rain because like especially it might be obvious for us because we live in the ohio river valley and like there's yeah. like humidity all the damn time yeah. so when there's like a spike in it or something that's when we're like oh it's gonna rain yeah it's yeah no that's exactly it it's that like pre-rain humidity that it, ha- yeah. it just has a scent to it um but yeah, so. um, and then there's like this scene between Buffy and Angel. Holy and shit, this scene between Buffy and Angel. So here's the thing about this scene, at least from my perspective. I think it's very well written. And I think the second half of it is very well acted. Mm. I think the first half of it is a little overacted. I feel like it's a lot of, it's a lot of like, Buffy and Angel shouting their lines at each other mm-hmm. and it's it seems awkward at first and then like as it as the scene moves on it gets to be like a little more the rhythm uh, I agree with you the rhythm yeah. gets a little better yeah um, it, it feels a little awkward at first and it almost took me out of it just a little bit but um yeah like uh he tells like he says that like um he can't stay away from her Mm-hmm. because he loves her so much and um like he knows there's a part of him that like like he knows that he'll lose his soul if he's with her he'll lose his soul if he's with her but he also says there's a part of him that doesn't care yeah and he knows that like she can't be safe and he thinks that like the whole world basically wants him to die and i'm not gonna lie that's like some serious like that's some yeah. serious stuff that um and he has this line he says um he says it's not the demon in me that needs killing it's the man which like i've never wow yeah i've never i myself have never gone to like gone to the part of seriously considering taking my own life but there have been moments in my life when i've thought that like everything is going horribly wrong and it's Mm -hmm. like some kind of sign that I'm not supposed to be in this world. And, um, so it, it, it hits a little hard. Um, but, uh, I, I, I'm very happy to say I haven't felt that way in a very long time. So, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, like, and, but yeah, it's, it's kind of relatable. Like there's a part of my life that has been very relatable to that. Um, and, uh, but then Buffy, like, basically tries to like punch him knock him out so she can like take him inside and she says how much she loves him like she can't Mm. let him die um and it and yeah and like so yeah and so she says um i don't have the exact quote do you have the exact quote um 
I only I only wrote down angels, but let's it might be in the quote section. Um, she says something along the lines of like, if you really are like if you die now, like you still have the chance to be better. You still have the chance mm-hmm. to make amends. But if you die now, the all that you'll leave behind is the monster that you were, or something along those yeah. lines. You have the chance to do better. You have the mm-hmm. chance to be better. And obviously, if you're like coming from a place where you weren't doing great things, that you aren't proud of stuff that you've done, it's gonna be a tough transition. Like you're going to have to, like, endure a lot of like criticism mm-hmm. and incredulity about things that you do. But that yeah. should never stop you from continuing to do good. You should always just like, even if people don't acknowledge it in the end, like you need to acknowledge that like, hey, I'm trying to do good and that's all I can do. All you can do is try. Yeah. Um, so I was actually, I was going to, I was saving this for the end of the episode, but I actually, I'm going to say it now because uh, because you just said it so perfectly. Um, we've talked about backdoor pilots before. Um and I'm, I'm not, this is not a backdoor pilot for Angel, the show. Um, but I always kind of think of it in, as a backdoor pilot for Angel, the show, because what you just said right there and what is summed up in this final scene between Angel and Buffy, it's what the show Angel is about. It is, it, that is thematically um, what what Angel is about and what his character arc really is. And that starts here. I think, you know, we are seeing the, those seeds planted uh, in this episode, in this scene. Yeah. And like, it, it, it feels like obviously Angel has a much more minor role compared to last year. So um, mm-hmm. it, it feels like, not a lot has been done with him just for him. And like, if you know that angel, the series is coming, you're thinking like, Oh, like, is this kind of on purpose? But like, i like that this episode does like, it not only acts as like a hint of things to come in the TV show angel, but it's also a nice little, um, almost a little bit of a coda to mm-hmm. everything that happened in season two. Yeah. So, and like, I, I think, I don't think Angel plays too much of a bigger role in this season. I could be wrong. Like, obviously, he's still here. Um, uh, yeah. He He's still here for the rest of the season. Minor spoiler alert. Sorry. But um, <laughs> but uh, he does... Um, like, this is this is the Angel episode for this season. And yeah. I think you're right. So I, much I, so. <laughs> so much so no, that... Um, there is a scene that like shows him on top of Buffy, um, like when they're in their sex stream, and uh, he switches from regular angel to vampire angel, and that sequence is part of the angel mm-hmm. opening credits. Yeah. So, and I was trying, and I honestly like, remember watching Angel and seeing that scene, and it's been a while since I've watched Amends, and I was always trying to remember what scene from Angel is that from? It's not from Angel. It's yeah. from Buffy. Um, this, uh, your, I, I, your, your comment about Angel's kind of, uh, reduced role this season, especially compared to last season, um, I'd be willing to bet from just a, a back behind the scenes standpoint, um, was that, you know, originally Angel, um, from everything I've been able to gather, Angel was not going 
to return from hell or like be a feature of this season. Um, the, uh, he was just going to be dead. Um, yeah. and the, which we're the, glad he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think in the long run, it ter- works out that he came back, but, um, he, the, the, uh, the angel spinoff was conceived and, um, given the go ahead, uh, pretty late into season two's production. And it's well yeah, known know, like, that Joss um, Whedon, like would plan out future seasons well in advance so i i would just be willing to bet that he already had a pretty rough outline of season three that had no angel in it whatsoever and then kind of had to fit him back into it i'm pretty i could sure be totally us, off but i'm pretty sure one of us or ben made the comment during i only have eyes for you that uh mm-hmm. that angels perf- that david boreanaz's performance at the end of that episode when yeah. um, they're possessed by the uh, spirits of the lovers is um, that uh, like that was kind of the performance that basically convinced Joss Whedon that, Oh, David Boreanaz will be able to carry his own series. Like no problem. Yeah. Um, yeah and so like, um, and, and, uh, Buffy says she doesn't know like what'll convince you um like apart from my love and uh then like as she's yelling at him it starts to snow Uh, and it's so well done it's it's, like in the middle of her line and she sees the snow and she's just she's so stunned she just stops and both of them are like it just all comes to a halt and Um, then like um I like I also like that there's a uh that like it has the other supporting characters in the episode mm-hmm. like everybody is like seeing like looking out and seeing the snow like this is crazy and yeah it is like it's going back to what we said it's like it's a christmas miracle mm-hmm. um but i i don't think it ever feels i don't think it feels cheap and then like it, um it comes right up to the line of being really cheesy yeah but it's so but i love it like i it's i think it earned it yeah yeah yes no exactly it's really it really feels earned and um and like uh as buffy and angel are walking in the street um like you hear on the tv they say that like every place like all of california is like in blistering heat except um sunnydale uh which is like a crazy cold front and you aren't going to see the, you aren't going to see the, um, the sun all day. So, I mean, maybe like, uh, may like fate is a huge part of Buffy. Mm -hmm. Um, and like what you, how you choose to tackle that fate or if you choose to believe in your fate or not. Um, but I like that this, um, this is like a little bit of the universe, uh, telling angel like hey you're meant for more and he is yeah um we will see that um and uh if you did when you were watching this episode if you didn't watch all the way to the end um Mm -hmm. at at the end of like certain episodes certain special episodes the uh um obviously there's the at the end of every episode there's the mutant enemy uh logo animation which is like the monster going grr arg um and there have been like there have been a couple special ones so far 
Um, at no, the I think end this of is a... the second special one. I think the only other okay. one so far has Was been the end of the, becoming. Part the two? end of becoming. I'm yeah, the hug. Like, yeah, and then um, and then the end of this one, he's wearing like he's wearing a Santa hat. So that's yeah. fun. <laughs> so really if you fun. if you miss that, like uh, go back to your streaming service or whatever, and uh, yeah, check that out. Um, it's, or it's your giant clunky like mid 2000s box sets that you have like me <laughs> yep that's that's all you harrison um those but yeah, annoying that is... ones where you have to unfold them to get to the disc uh really i don't think that's as annoying as the menus <laughs> the season three menu you haven't been here to watch them with me because we've been in quarantine but the season three menu has not been as bad as the season two menu it's it's mercifully okay, short um <laughs> but yeah um yeah, that's a but that's a men's. Yeah, um, Harrison, what uh, what's your ranking of this episode? Oh gosh, I, I you know what I I think this is a five out of five unseasonably snowy days for me. <laughs> uh, I want to give it a four point five out of five. Um, uh, crappy gifts from faith <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's it's really good it 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 like the wish sets up a lot mm-hmm. um of what's on down the line um and it is it is an angel episode i think there's just like i usually try to save my five out of fives for like really really significant like amazing episodes and i feel like there's just something missing from this um and you know it might be the fact that like the mayor's not in it at all um so i think maybe the fact that like uh it is so self-contained um and uh yeah i don't know i feel like it i feel like i don't have a really great reason for making it a 4.5 it's your it's your life man and i actually (laughs) I think normally, most days, I actually would give this at a 4.5, but I don't know. Something about watching it, when I was watching it today, I was just in one of those moods where it just hit perfectly, you know? Um, it, it does. It hits a lot of things very well. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like maybe, like, the only half a point I have to dock off of it is, like, I did, um, I did feel a little... Like when I mentioned before, like that big pivotal scene between Buffy and Angel, mm-hmm. like very well written, but like uneven at first. And yeah. if it had been like another scene, then it probably wouldn't have mm-hmm. like influenced it so much. But um, but it's a uh, it, it's that scene. So, but in the end, like it all worked out well. So mm-hmm. that's it. Cool. Do you have a um? Do you have a drinking game for this episode? Um. Drink anytime a Christmas reference is made. Okay. I would say drink anytime uh Angel uh broods about his sins. <laughs> Isn't that every episode <laughs> that Angel says? Uh, uh, uh oh well, a bit of trivia too. This is this episode marks uh Robbie Lamort's um final appearance on the show. Um who, uh, oh, yeah, you she know, plays that is Jenny. Like, that is an interesting thing. He never once tells Giles or... Well, Buffy finds out, 
but he never once tells mm-hmm. Giles that he's seeing Jenny Calendar, and I think that's a good thing that he didn't tell him that because yeah, like he would not have been he would not have been pleased with that no info. Um, all right. Um, I don't think I have any other trivia. Um, I did have just like one more little thought. Um, just about that snow. It hit the snow hits so hard I, I love it so much but what works about it so well is just a writing thing is how how well the episode has been setting up throughout how hot it is in Sunnydale. Yeah. um and it's it doesn't bludgeon you over the head with it but it is it, those references are there they're they're sprinkled in just enough so that when that first snowfall uh, or snowflake like falls in front of buffy's face it, at least for me, it just takes your breath away. No, it's it's very well done. It is very well done. So, um, so yeah, that's all I have to say about amends. Do you have anything yeah. else, Jason? No, I think uh, I think my food from Grubhub is here. So now's as good a time oh. as any to wrap it up. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We will be back next week with gingerbread. And I'm Jason. You can find me on Twitter at Yami J. And this is for certain at Yami J because I have Twitter pulled up right now on my computer. And um, on Instagram at Yami J357. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's C O F F M A N. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy. Or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. And the and is spelled out, A-N-D. You can also find us on YouTube. We will release a short video with each episode where we will discuss spoilers that we can't talk about on the podcast. Also, well, you can talk so, about a lot of spoilers in this episode. Uh, yeah, this, uh, they're usually only like a minute or two long, but this one, this one will probably be a little longer. Um, also, please, 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 please don't forget to subscribe and to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts uh, or wherever you get your podcasts. And each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting the Jed Foundation. JED is a nonprofit that protects environmental health, emo- excuse me, wow, emotional <laughs> health, and prevents suicide for our nation's teens and young adults. They partner with high schools and colleges to strengthen their mental health, substance misuse, and suicide prevention programs and systems. They are equipping teens and young adults with the skills and knowledge to help themselves and each other. They encourage community awareness, understanding, and action for young adult mental health. Visit jedfoundation.org for more information. Oh, before we go out, I do want to say, um, yeah, like... uh, so there's been a lot of like crazy shit happening in the world, but bit of good news was like the Supreme Court uh, recently mm-hmm. passed uh, to us like this happened just a couple days ago, but it uh, recently passed the um, the uh, uh, L- like people in the LGBTQA community are um, cannot be fired because of their identity. Um, they have protections, which honestly, why is this just now a thing? Yeah. Um, long but, time coming hey, it's yeah it's it's progress and it's a it's honestly like the good news that america really needed it's some good news that america really needed yeah. right now especially in pride month so um i just want to say like 
before we do a regular outro that seemed like it was worth bringing up yeah so thank you go community here's jason the straight always being the one to remember to like talk about queer issues <laughs> and i just well, like, like I, <laughs> well you know there are some queer people that are extremely important to me oh that's gay <laughs> and you know what proud of it <laughs> <laughs> all right well as always go slay and be gay and don't get fired for it because you can't now yeah all right bye bye go get your grub hub jason <laughs> <laughs>